Friendship Feed is a production of iHeartRadio and Fairlight Digital Media. everyone and a very warm welcome to the Purple Parade Purple Conversations live chats. Now it's probably been about a year uh, since we've had the last Purple Conversation so I just want to welcome all of you back. Um, my name is Eunice Olsen and of course I have with me 
the live uh, interpreter, the sign language interpreter, uh, Evelyn. She's from Equal Dreams. And also we have the good folks from the Caption Cube who are helping us with live captioning that you're seeing on the screen. Now, earlier we showed you a little bit of the highlights from the Purple Parade 2020. And I can tell you that it brought back some really, really wonderful memories for me. And I hope it did for you as well. Um, now, the Purple Parade is going to be back this year on the 30th of October 2021. It's a Saturday at 3 p.m., so please, please, please save the date. Uh, we're going to bring you the main event of the Purple Parade. It's going to be a very special concert. Uh, it's going to feature a program lineup that promises to be inclusive, engaging, and of course, very, very heartwarming. So please, please lock it in your calendar right now. Now, today's live chat uh, is part of the conversation segment of the Purple Parade, supported, of course, by the Central Singapore Community Development Council and partners from the public, private and people sectors. The aim of our live chat is to explore the lived experiences of people with disabilities and their very unique stories. And as we delve into their story and their journey, we're going to find out more about their personal journeys, journeys of not only how they've received but they are also very empowered to give back to society in so many different ways. If, if you've joined us for the Purple Conversations before, you know that we've brought on some really amazing people. And of course, our guest today is also a super awesome and epic legend person. Eh? Um, now, just before I introduce him, I just want you to know that we want you to join in the conversation. So please... Um, you can type your comments into or your questions into the comment section for our guests, and we're going to try to answer as many of them later on in the show. Okay, okay, so I'm going to introduce our awesome and epic legend guest for today. He's Amar Amizi, and he is a deaf filmmaker, choreographer, and creative director. Hello, Amar! Hello! Thank Pleasure you so much for being here with us. Yeah. You are, of course, a legend. Um, you know, we've seen you many times. Uh, you many performances as well, and of course you are an amazing dancer, and we're yes. going to hear all about it today. Now, just before uh, we, we, we kind of talk a little bit about your dance career, because you mm -hmm. know, you're know you obviously an amazing dancer and a choreographer as well, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about your identity as a deaf person, mm. right? Because, I mean, there could be like many misconceptions that you know deaf people aren't associated with music. Right. Um, personally, I've known many amazing deaf musicians. So maybe you can, like, for once and for all, right? Please, yes. like, clear up this misconception. Right. Yeah. So uh, my disability is uh, deaf, and also there are many spectrum of being deaf. Like, there is the hard of hearing, and then also like the misconception is, of course, like you know, like for example, for right now, I'm speaking to you, and I'm not signing. Why? Because I think. In this setting, I prefer that uh, my most comfortable uh, of communication is just by speaking. And of course, we have the uh, interpreter at the side just to guide me along the ways. So it's really up to his own deaf individual how they prefer to be communicated and how they want to be supported by interpreters or note takers. Yeah, so these are things that you know, hopefully the audience will get to be more aware of. And so you lip read. Um, most of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How do you learn to lip-read, can I ask? Oh, yes, that was uh, the... I had a funny story about that because, like, uh, it was in secondary two, uh -huh. and I was having a math lesson with my hearing aids on. Then, uh -huh. uh, while the teacher was teaching Mr. Lim. Oh, you remember? remember Mr. Lim. <laughs> yeah, he was teaching the math formula, 
and then suddenly my hearing aid started to like make this like zzz, zzz sound. So, right. you know, I just took it out, and just like you know, let my ear take the wheel. Then like slowly, I started to learn like you know his body language, mm. and then his facial expression and his lips reading. And that's when I started to really focus on the lips. Yeah, and uh, along the ways, you know, it becomes the guessing game. Like I have to fill in the lines or the words in between in one sentence. Okay. Let's say I want to go to McDonald's. Right. So I want to something McDonald's. So it so, could be either be eat, right. go. So so you can see when people say go and eat is different thing. Right. Yeah, just like in the game uh, Wheel of Fortune, you know, yes. you have to guess. Oh, mm, yes, that was a long time ago, but yes, I still remember it. <laughs> yeah. I like the reference, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the same yes. concept. Ah, I see. So you got to guess the missing letters. Yes, correct. La. Yeah, only you cannot ask to buy a vowel, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, I really want to talk about your dance career, mm. which is what we're here to talk about today, right? Now, tell me about how you got into dance. Right, so uh, I got into dance... Basically, I've been dancing my whole entire life. Okay. Just that uh, because my dad exposed me to this uh, music. So because of my dad, he actually encouraged me to be active. And at that time, dancing was just like moving body, you know. Until at the age of uh, 17, I took dance seriously. And what laid out the foundation of dance is really Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was the inspiration for me to be able to make the decision mm. that I want to take my dance seriously. Yeah. What a great performer. Oh, one of my yeah. favourites. He's just amazing, right? That's right. Because uh, you could see Michael Jackson when he appeared on stage, he could just stand yeah. into the air for one minute, three minutes, and all the fans would be like, ah! Yeah. Michael! Oh, Michael! Yes. Me. Yeah. And, and, and when <laughs> That's I saw what people that, do for you, right? Also. Yeah. yeah. And, when I, and I saw that, I, I, I felt that he was so powerful and I mm. wanted to be like him. I wanted audience dying for me, yes. you know. Which and is, of course, happening now, like, you know, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to be able to dance in a way that is very uh, captivating. Yes. It it's inspire everyone. Yes. And I, wanted, I wanted to be him. The power of that presence, yes. right? Yes, So... Okay, you said that you were, you know, you kind of started taking dance seriously mm. at 17. What, like, why did that happen, right? How did you then start to take dance seriously? In what context, yeah? Because I think when uh, I was watching Michael Jackson again, the way he moved, and that it was, there was a method whereby it seems there was a communication between himself and the audience. Mm. And that communication was something that I wanted because dance was something that I could communicate with. Like, every artist has their own ways to communicate through a medium, whether they are doing painting, they are doing filming. And dance for me was that medium for me, was that platform that uh, my body felt comfortable with to be, to be able to express myself. And that was the only way I, at that point of time where I, I felt that I was being understood coming from a person with disability. Yeah. So it's that power of movement without speech. Yes, correct. Fantastic. Now, I've read before, right, and many articles where you've said that you use um, your eyes to see the music. And I thought that was very interesting, right? Hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Right. Okay, so uh, 
In the first place, to begin with, when, we, when I say to hear music, it's basically using our ears to hear. Yeah, the but, rhythm, the beat. The, yeah. yeah, and they can feel what kind of music it is. But for the deaf person, how are they going to have that uh, same concept? So I think over the years and my as an experience of dancing, I developed this uh, sort of like a research where, you know, like, I don't think that hearing music is uh, necessary, but then whether if I'm not able to hear what, which part of my body am I able to use to communicate right. with the music. Yeah. So when I started dancing, I often see people doing this when they hear to the music. They are moving and yeah. grooving. Moving, yes. Yeah. But as, as myself, when I look at that, I don't see it as a motion. Whether I see more of a counting. Ah, One, so the rhythm. Two, ah, three. So that body four. movement gives you the indication that it's a yes. one. Correct. Ah, yeah, cool. and, and when I'm dancing on stage, right, I pick up that visual cue to really uh, be part of my performance. Yeah, even when I'm with my other dancers, yeah. when they dance like left to right like this, this was this also a counting. So it's a way of like you not know, keeping myself in rhythm, yeah, and not really what I can hear because yeah. okay, I have to explain also that uh, each deaf individual has their own uh, hearing loss. Yes. So for me, I'm I can only hear like the drums, the ah, trumpet, okay. the guitar. So like only certain frequencies. Yeah, okay. correct. So all the high notes, I'm not able to hear. I see. So I kind of like put together what I can hear uh -huh. and what I see and make it as part of my performance. So you're, it's like you're kind of internalizing the music, right? And you're creating that, your, yeah. your own music internally in that sense, Yeah, it's right? multitasking basically. No, but it's fantastic because you've also said this before, even though the rhythm stops, you can still keep dancing. Yeah, definitely. Right, because you're already feeling it internally, yes. right? Yeah. That's very cool. So you're kind of moving constantly, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, let's talk a little bit about redefinition because, mm. um, and I love it, it's redef for, for some of you that might not know, D-E-A-F and then nation, right? So mm. it's really like a nation of deaf dancers, right? It's very cool. Um, tell me about redefinition and how it shaped you because I know this was a kind of a turning point yes. in your dance career, isn't it? Tell us about that. Exactly, all right. So redefinition uh, consists of deaf members as of now. And it was uh, started in 2008. Mm -hmm. So my first introduction with uh, redefinition was uh, I attended this hip hop event called YFES, ah, organized okay. by Esplanade. So uh, a friend of mine, Isham, shout out to you, Isham. Hello, Isham. Yeah. <laughs> he actually invited me to the event and said, okay. like, hey, why not check out uh, this deaf dance crew? Yeah. And I was like, I never, I, I never knew such crew would exist in Singapore. So back then, I was still learning about dance. Okay. I just started out. So when I was watching the, the event, I remember Chuck Hiker was the host, and he was uh, addressing the audience, like, okay, this is a deaf uh, dance crew, and this is a way of clapping. Yeah. So, like this, right? Yes. Yeah, mm. so me as an audience, I didn't, I didn't even know that, yeah, that this is clapping. And then, thank you. Thank you, yes. Yeah, so that, that beginning already kind of like made me feel like on edge, you know, like, oh, wow, this is something new, you know? Yeah. After that, Sir Haikal said, 
Let's walk on one stage. We definition. Oh, uh, cool! And then the music came out. <laughs> yeah. So that whole energy, that whole vibe, really got me. You know, like, and was watching them, and I felt that there's this sense of familiar energy mm. that I want to be like them. Something you could relate to. Yes, exactly. Because like I know that they have a disability. I have a disability, and it's something that relevant to me. Mm. Yeah. So I approached them. And yeah, it opened up a whole wide opportunity for me, and this is where I am now. Fantastic! Because you also started choreographing dance. Yes. Right. So you started as a dancer, and then started yeah. choreographing. So started like at the back of the class, all the way forward. Oh. You know, and now yeah. you are teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody the... needs a choreographer, you know who to call. Um, okay. Now, just for the sake of us, right, and also our viewers, right, tell us a little bit about the magic that happens behind redefinition, because. There are certain techniques as mm. deaf dancers that you employ, right, in order right. to be able to dance. So maybe explain this to me. I've heard it a few times, right, from you, but it still continues to fascinate me. Yeah. So please tell us. I think this will be the first time that I'm sharing this secret. But no? it's like live audience, yes, right? Life. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so what we do when in redefinition, how you watch that when we perform, we don't just anyhow place a dancer here and there. So we have this strategy where we come up with a formation where each one of us are actually supporting each other. Okay. So, because like I said before, each deaf individual has their own hearing loss yeah. level. And so, because of that, we have to identify each other weakness and strength. Okay. And then, like, let's say, uh, dancer A has a high sensitivity towards music. So, okay, we move dancer A to dancer C, then dancer C moves here. Uh, maybe in, in terms like maybe they cannot hear the music it so well. It helps to balance up the, whole, ah, the okay. whole crew, yes. So, like, uh, and then we also put them in position whereby, um, let's say, a junior who is not yet very confident yeah. and depends a lot on visual cues. Right. Okay, then I will be in front of them okay. so that they are able to see the motion. And count, like you say, right? Yeah. Watching you and then counting right. the beats. So, like again, it's about seeing music. So, by placing all these different individuals in each formation, right, it actually creates a structure whereby, you know, just like when you are building a, a construction building or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah you have first have to put the foundation pillars ah, and, all yes. that, and everything. So, so, these are things. So, and then you add up the music and then the dance step. Yeah, and it's very different when I'm dancing with the hearing dancers. Because okay. if you're just like, okay, put here, put there. All right, maybe the good-looking one in front. <laughs> so you're in front all the time, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, and it's very easy to just like, okay. lay, them, lay them out like that. But in redefinition, it works very differently. Okay. Yeah, we have to think not just about the choreography itself, but the formation. How are we going to work together? The transition. Yeah, so it's really more than just... A lot of technicalities that the audience yeah. doesn't see, isn't it? Mm. Now, I want to know, you know, what is it that you love so much about dance? I know it's a big part of your life, but what mm -hmm. has it taught you? All right. I think dance for me is something very, it kind of saved my life because, okay, let, I'm going to put it this way. Uh, I'm a dancer for hip-hop and started out from hip-hop also. So, uh, a history about hip-hop is that it's about struggle. It all came from struggle, poverty, right. 
gang-related crimes, and hip-hop was a way for them to escape. Yeah. And so, dance is almost the same thing. Dance was a way for me to escape from reality, to express myself, to be happy, to be fully accept who I am. Because back then, I had difficulties accepting my disability. I felt that like, or just because I couldn't hear a certain thing, I'm going to miss out some beats and I'm not going to appreciate uh, myself and I'm not going to be 100% myself. I'm always trying to be someone else. Yeah, so as I started to dance along the years, then that's when it dawned on me, why, why can I just dance to what I can hear? Yeah, you know, and really just be in my zone. And I feel that if I'm happy with myself, I think everyone can see it. Rather than just uh, being just contented with like being someone else instead. Yeah. So you kind of found who you are. You found yeah. your identity in that sense. Fantastic. Now, I know your dad because, you know, I mean, we've talked a couple of times before and you've always brought up your dad, even today, right? And I know he has a huge uh, impact and huge influence in your life, right? So tell me a little bit about your dad and how he's helped you um, to where you are today. Yeah, so my father... I hope you are watching this. Hello, uncle. Yeah. Maybe you're my age. Huh? <laughs> Hello, uncle. So, he was the driving force towards everything I do, whether I'm dancing, I'm filmmaking. Mm. Yeah, because of what he does earlier on and how he raised me in this uh, safe environment. Right. He influenced me to be, you know, to learn to accept myself mm. and to really just do what I want to do. And you know, there's, you know, as a parent, you always, you're always being told, oh, this one you cannot do, this one you cannot do. But he will always let me fail. That's the thing. Because once he sees what I feel, he knows what he can improve me on. Right, it can help you to overcome yeah, that correct. part. So, in fact, even in my dance journey, he didn't support the idea of me um, having a career in the art industry. And then later on, he... Like, like every parent, he was worried, right? Correct. Like, totally understand, yeah. Yeah. So, my dad was always the one that, you know, say, uh, Amma, go and try. If you fall, go ahead. Yeah, so, even like, when I was, uh, I think, primary school, he, he could just like wake me up at 12 a.m. Amma, you want to cycle to the beach? I'm like, 12 a.m.? Okay. <laughs> And then so he, will, he will just spit out in front of me. Right. Yeah. So, you you know, to catch up. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to catch up. So that itself made me feel very independent. It made me feel very uh, confident in myself, you know, to be, let's say, one day, you know, uh, if I need some support, I know who I can look for and that I'm, I'm on my own, I can still, like, be strong myself. And your dad exposed you to everything, right? Everything. Now, even in music, even in filmmaking. Speaking of which, right, and yeah. that's what I want to talk about a little bit, because you are, I mean, you do so many things, so you're also a filmmaker, um, and your father was a big part of that as well, mm -hmm. right? How do you get into filmmaking and, you know, kind of bringing uh, both forms of expression mm. together now, right? So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. It all started from a VCR tape. Oh, I see, yeah. yes, because some of y'all might back not then know, in huh? the, uh, Yes, back yeah. in the day. Back in the good times, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The good old times <laughs> of VCRs, yes. Yeah, so, uh, okay, the thing, the thing is that he lets me play with the camera, ah, change okay. the VCR tape, right. you know, edit some, some shots, and he even, uh, when I was in Pambi 2, he let me 
take the VCR camera, tripod, lights, travel all the way to Raffles uh, City Plaza, City Mall. Because yeah. that day was uh, happened to have a greet and meet with Batman. Ah. Yeah, so I was one, one small kid taking the train. You're very young, right? Very point, young, yeah. carrying all this big stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. And for me, who knows, at that time, maybe <laughs> people might just steal the uh, equipment from me. Yeah, so, set up the tripod, everyone was looking at me. Like, why, why is this kid doing with a video camera? And then, mm, second floor, I remember, second floor. Set up the camera, check whether the VCR has enough space. You know, now we need SD card, so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, suddenly... And last time the cameras were bigger also. So. Yeah. Then suddenly, from the third floor, Batman just zoomed down to the stage. Awesome. So I was like, <laughs> wow, you know, I got it on tape. Yeah. So it was this exciting, exciting moment that really uh, made me go forward towards filmmaking. Like, I wanted to be holding on to cameras and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. So you're bringing that together now, right? Tell us a little bit about this project that you're working on. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I'm doing this uh, team. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing this video project with a team. Uh, it consists of all uh, deaf members, deaf yeah. individuals. And we are, and they are called Weirdo. 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 So W-E-I-R-D-O-O-O-O. O-O-O-O. Four O's. Okay, Weirdo. Weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and what we do is uh, rather than just focusing on advocacy about deaf community, we want to spread advocacy through having fun ah, okay. by having entertainment. So we do it in a form by sharing ghost stories ah, because okay. like uh, in the sharing world, of, most ghost stories are being told by hearing people right. and we never get to see how is it like for a deaf person to encounter ghosts because like you know the ghost will be like mm, yes <laughs> but if the deaf can't hear that how are they gonna yeah so through that we discover that oh there are many ways how deaf uh, you know experience this kind of paranormal activity and yeah they see that they use their eyes to you know experience this and they can feel like the sense of uh, vibration or something yeah so I think it's interesting to see how how, like, you know, despite our hearing loss, we make use of other parts of our body to really sense the ground. Yeah. It's like, like, you talked about a little bit about this, right? The power of that movement. Yeah. Right? Looking at something different and not just... Because sometimes, you know, like, if you don't speak, sometimes or silence mm -hmm. could be the best form of communication, especially you're trying to emphasise something, mm. right? So you, there's a lot about that silence also on just like you said, watching body language, isn't yeah. it? That can speak to you. When you watch dance, mm -hmm. you know, there's love, there is anger, there's yes. frustration, there's sadness, there's happiness. Yeah, you could tell. Yes. Yeah, just like, you know, like Mr. Bean, Charlie Chaplin. Yes. The whole world loves them and they, never, they don't speak a single word. Yes. You know, they have a lot of body gesture, facial expression. Yes. And that is something already so powerful by itself. Yeah. Now, you've also said before that you've lived in a hearing as well as a non-hearing mm. world, right? What are some of the differences and the similarities that you've observed? Similarities, okay. I think we share almost the same, same thing. Uh, we communicate, but we communicate differently. And that's right. the difference. And also, uh, you know, being in between, since I'm in between these two communities, 
I find that uh, there is a need for me to actually lay out the bridge between these two. And, you know, I think it takes uh, two hands to clap. So right. I definitely believe that we need both, either one of them to work together. Okay. Yeah, and also, let's say, uh, how does the hearing person communicate with the deaf? It yeah. could be so easy. Like ABC, you know, you can just like take out a paper, write down. You can uh, either text on the phone. Everyone has phone now. It's yes. very accessible. Yeah, so these are things that, you know, uh, I hope that people can be more aware of. Mm. And also as a deaf person, yeah. I also want to ensure that I also do my part in the communication rather than just wait for these, you know, people to start out this accessibility. Why yes. not we come up with that idea also by like, so I guess think to them, why don't you write on a paper? Why don't you give right. a test? Yeah. yeah, because I was going to ask you about advice, but that's pretty much it, yes. right? I mean, you know, everybody has a different form of communication. Mm -hmm. If you meet somebody who is deaf, yeah. um, you know, see what the person needs and, and, and don't retreat, right? Yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, now, what, uh, what advice do you have? Because, I mean, obviously your dad was a big influence in your life and, you mm -hmm. know, you, you are the amazing person you are today because he exposed you to so many things, right? So, what advice do you have for parents uh, uh, whose kids are deaf? Well, I would like to... Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a parent yet, but uh, I think... From your point of view, right? Yeah, Yeah, but mm. I would like to advise that, or rather su suggest that, you know, allow the child to fail. You know, it's okay to fail because only then you get to see the weakness and you're able to identify that and make it into a strength. And that was a quote from Batman. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and also, uh, I think the first thing that we also need to emphasize more is about uh, focusing on the ability first, rather right. than the disability. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, like, it's very easy to just see the disability first and forget about, oh, how, how do I make that disability into something good? Yeah. Yeah, but I think... Uh, as a person with disability, we should rather focus, like for me, I want people to know my talent first yeah. and then my disability. Right. Yeah. See you for who you are. Yeah. Yes? Okay, now what advice do you have then for uh, children who are deaf or just the deaf community in general? Right. Okay. What do you want to say to them? Because I mean, you obviously are a role model, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you're a very inspiring figure. Um, I'm sure a lot of people look up to you, including myself. So, what advice do you have? I hope that, like, uh, you know, in the future, what you want to do, I feel just follow. Because, like, uh, last time, I thought maybe, like, deaf person cannot uh, progress in the art industry and very difficult to earn the income from that. So, like, you know, I took that challenge and I'm happy where I am now. I'm earning money, doing what I love to do. I feel like now work don't feel like work anymore. It's more about creating. And that is what I want each deaf person to achieve, to be able to like find happiness in what they do in their future, rather they get stuck in a situation where they are dishwasher just for the sake of, right. oh, because I want to earn money. Right. Yeah, and also because it's very difficult for a deaf person to get jobs outside there. 
So often they go to a very comfortable uh, working environment where they are not happy, but they are right. still earning money. Yeah, so I managed to get out of that system and I hope that you are able to do that also. And also, when doing that, of course, for me, I will always say, bada bing, bada boom. Quoted <laughs> from Godfather. Yes. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, maybe just something else. I mean, so you've given so much advice, right, to the deaf community, um, to parents. I just wanted, what do you want to say to the larger community of Singaporeans? Mm. Uh, you know, when it comes to, because we always talk about how do we be inclusive? This is what we have to do. But what is yes. your advice personally? I mean, you've said a little bit of this throughout the uh, conversation. Any last words from you regarding that? Yeah, we hear the word inclusion every day, but do we actually practice it? Mm. Yeah, so that's the thing that I want to ferry out to the larger community. You know, it's, it can be easily achievable if we put the action to it. By, we can always start out by you know, being accessible towards the deaf community by, like I said before, writing down on a paper, yeah. um, writing down a text. Yeah, and with that, when that communication is already established, it's then easier to transit on to the next step. Right. Yeah, so I think for now, I would like to say it's really just having that communication settled out first. Yeah. Perfect. Now, I, I know at this point in time, uh, we usually go to Facebook for some questions and answers. Everybody's been listening very intently. Um, and obviously, Ama has covered so much in this conversation. Uh, we don't have questions at this point, but we have a really nice comment uh, from Ishi. And he wants to say, Ama, thank you for sharing. Stay motivated with a little heart sign and a clap. So, thank you so much, Ama. You're such thank you, a thank Eunice. you. I'll give you your sign name now, oh, Eunice. Eunice, yeah. yes, because we talk about a sign name and thank you so yes. much. I'm so honoured. to. So just for all of you to just know, um, if you want a sign name, um, you have to ask a member of the deaf community to give it to you. And so Amma has just given me mine. Oh. Thank you so much, Amma. So my sign name is Eunice. Eunice, yes. Eunice. Yeah. Cool, thank you so much. I will always use this from now on. Thank you, Amma. Thank you for, your, for sharing, mm -hmm. you know, for your talent. And really, I think, for um, encouraging and motivating all of us. Yeah, I'm thankful to be here also. I mean, like Purple Poet is a really good platform uh, where they practice inclusion and accessibility. Yeah, so if Purple Poet could do this, I hope everyone or every company in Singapore will start to follow action. Yeah. Excellent. And then some really, really good advice right there. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to see what else you're going to bring to our world. So oh, I'm going to yeah. be watching you. And yeah. I'll be waiting for you. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amma. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, um, we've come to the end of uh, today's live chat. Everybody, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we're very, very grateful to Amma. Um, he is no doubt a legend. Um, and if you want to find out a little bit more about redefinition, please follow them on Instagram. That is R-E-D-E-A-F-I Nation. Redefinition. So please... Uh, follow them on Instagram. And a big thank you to all of you for joining us for the Purple Parade's Purple Conversation live chats. It's through conversations like that that we can understand, learn more from one another, and of course, truly work towards, like what Alma said, 
a compassionate and inclusive society and it's all about what we do to practice inclusion, isn't it? Now, if you want to hear a little bit more uh, about stories uh, like Ama and um, other people with disabilities, you can always head to purpleparade.sg slash stories to read more about our human library stories. We've got quite a few of them, so you might want to catch up on some of them. And for more Purple Conversations live chats and the latest information on the Purple Parade 2021, also please stay tuned uh, right here uh, on the Purple Parade's Facebook page. And of course, one more thing, please remember that the 30th of October 2021, Saturday, 3pm, we're going to bring you the main event, the Purple Parade. 2021. Thank you so much everybody. My name is Eunice Olson on behalf of Evelyn, our sign language interpreter and of course the amazing people at Caption Cube who have provided our live captioning and everybody here in the studio. I will see you again next time. Bye!